Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you were listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 114. Michael, Michael, what is up? What is up? Feels good to record. Feels good to record. Feels good to hear your voice. Also, really, really exciting. Today's episode um, is being made possible by our sponsor, Alexander James Watches. Talk more about Alexander James in a few moments, but just a headline. Um, he's a watch modder. Um, he's been doing everything kind of on his own, and he's kind of starting to branch out now with his first dive watch model. I've been talking to him a lot, and it's going to be fun to just kind of um, sh- explain to you guys why I think these are so exciting. But but first, want to talk about what this episode is about. It's about watch photography. We've talked about watch photography, but we were we were so young. <laughs> I feel like we were little younglings just just on our way to the Jedi Temple waiting the on to our be way, slaughtered. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> we were on our way to the Jedi Temple to be slaughtered to death by Hayden Christensen's acting <laughs> ability. His, his particularly uh, 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 strong acting acumen would have slayed us, young like Jedi Kindalak. It's like bad Keanu. Bad Keanu, oh my God. I've never heard that, but that's incredibly apt. Bad Keanu. Keanu, yeah. I am... I am Keanu. I still have to see the John Wick movies. You know, I saw one and it, I, I waited. I think my <clears throat> wife was out of town and I just had a 100%. Had, yeah. Yeah. I had a moment. I'm like, I, I want like a dude movie marathon. I think I saw Predator. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. The first one with the Schwarzenegger yeah. and all that stuff. That's really yeah. good, actually. Dude, that is that is a dude movie. Yeah, dude. It's <laughs> a bunch of dudes in the forest with like big shiny biceps and like they're getting <laughs> killed by a thing and then it ends. That's the um, whole movie. But yeah, um, yeah, the John Wick movie was pretty good. Yeah, you should check it out. Is it, I saw one scene, and it's just like the guy, a fucking pencil. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, I wonder, <laughs> wonder, wonder what this pencil is all about. So yeah, no, I'll check it out. But, um, but yeah, so we've talked about watch photography in the past. That was a long time ago. And we thought it would be incredibly valuable to just return to the topic again. Because I feel like, I feel like we've both learned a lot more and we've grown in probably ways we didn't anticipate plus um this is kind of sparked because i did like a behind the scenes story segment of a shot that i put up on the show <clears throat> on the instagram feed excuse me last week and um like behind the scenes of like what it looked like like this fucking like like a rector set of bullshit i had to put together to get a small stupid watch shop with like fucking like white cards and bricks literally there's a brick in the shot because i needed it to hold something down and so <laughs> it's <laughs> it got some fun comments so we thought it'd be fun to just talk on air about um about watch photography <clears throat> yeah right on and i think i think the last time we talked about this i, I had just gotten my first camera so it'll be cool to we'll throw a link to the first episode so um yeah. of like part part one of watch talk but um before before we get into our wrist check i do want to talk to you guys about alexander james watches so as i mentioned before in the beginning of the show alexander james is um he's making this episode uh, possible episode 114 and two watch knobs by um sponsoring it and basically sponsoring it around this um this project so i think the inclination and this is why we don't pitch sponsored slots to people a lot people ask but we usually pretty selective with it i like this alexander james thing because it doesn't feel like a watch brand it's it's a project yeah um he was a modder he's based out in chicago um stay warm because i think they're getting they're getting i think chicago chicago's getting a little a little ass blasted (laughs) with some frigid there might be white walkers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Actually, I don't know. 
to stay indoors, guys, and just clutch your cricket bats and just swing the second that door opens. That's just <laughs> that's protocol anytime there's a natural disaster. That's what I did during hurricanes back home in South Florida. I would just sit with my back against the door and just clutch just clutch a bat and if it moved I would just start swinging like no one's business. But um Stephen Stephen Colbert made a joke where you can just if you're in Chicago you should just find a Packers fan and slice them open and hide inside of their body for warmth. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. But um, what I thought was really fun about Alexander James, based in Chicago, he's a watch monitor. He's pretty well known in the watch watch monitor community. He actually has um, a good friend of our show, actually, Random Rob, did a couple videos with this watch we're looking at specifically for the Kickstarter campaign that he's doing for this project. The the watch is the NDR001. I'm going to read the specs of this watch, but I don't want us to get too... The specs are really good, but I want also want to just talk about what the watch looks like and why I love the watch. So, in terms of specs, killer. It's a, it's a micro brand diver, forty millimeters, forty eight lug to lug. I think it's between thirteen and fourteen um, inches thick, but that's including a really just like sexy kind of case back curvature, which would make the watch wear really really well. Um, NH thirty five BGW nine loom sapphire crystal, double dome sapphire crystal, sapphire bezel. Um, uh, screw down case back, screw link bracelet. The price tag on this thing, like not counting the Kickstarter or whatever, um, like uh, discount. Discount. It's uh, do, 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 I think it's three hundred and fifty bucks. Mm. Yeah, three hundred. That's cool. It's three hundred. It's either three hundred, three hundred and fifty. Let me see here. Uh, the Kickstarter campaign. Well, we know we know for now that um, you know three twenty five now in the Kickstarter. Yeah, gets you um, one NDR 001 for twenty five bucks off retail. So then retail will probably be three fifty. So that's just such a killer price, dude. That's insanity. Yeah. Like for the actual specs on this watch. So if you're one of those people who's just anytime you hear of a micro brand and you just want to know what the specs are, this is killer. I first of all, I love anyone that uses the NH35 movement, and this is something that Alexander James or AJ, I should I should start calling him, AJ has used a lot in his kind of really fun watch modding projects. Um, it's a movement that he knows really really well, um, and it's just I'm always happy when I see it. BGW9 is also really a lot of fun. I love that blue. You know what I mean? And I love... Oh, and the the the, the dial... Uh, the, the the bezel is loomed and the applied markers and the hands all have this BGW9. So it's really, really cool. I want to talk about... So I'm done talking about specs because specs are cool. I want to talk, talk about how this watch looks. I fucking... There's three dial variations of looking at in this watch. You guys have to see these things. There's like a gray sunburst. There's like a textured black. And then there's a white dial. Yeah, the white dials are almost kind of like uh, if you're into textured dials and, um, you know, something like the Seiko Snowflake, for example, or some of the, you know, presage models that they came out with that are kind of glassy and icy looking. That That's kind of what I think of when it's I totally it's totally a snowflake dial. And I'm yeah. I'm super fucking into it. For some reason, when I first saw that watch, it reminded me of like like a 62 Moss sort of. Not case where like 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 a classic sort of like diver case, but with that yeah. Grand Seiko snowflake dial, and I was like, dude, done. I love that model specifically because there's like 
there's an incredible contrast with the black like ceramic bezel so it's really really like it has that really fun ceramic like polished shine but then the dial is this like really just wonderful just like snowflake almost like a matte very dynamic texture it really is killer i've I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in a microbrand piece like this. And this is something that's really, really cool also about the whole project that Alexander James and AJ is just doing is that he's getting into like making dials. Mm. So these dials, I don't believe he is making, but he had a hand in just designing them, which which, made, which, which makes them so special. So I think it's a lot of fun because it's funding this project that AJ is trying to do with Alexander James watches. And it just makes me really excited to see kind of what comes down the line, down the road. Um, looking at this watch now, I love the white dial. I love the applied indices. I love the hands. The hands are just like the perfect length, in my opinion. They go exactly where they need to go. Yeah, there's there's really good balance with this watch. Um, kind of one of the brands that came to mind when I, when I saw these things was Bernhardt. Mm. Um, you know, where you have, you have something like this dive watch. And it, it balances uh, enough different like little design cues that like it's made into its own thing. Yeah. So the the Arabics are kind of you know the Arabics are kind of explorer looking, you know, yeah. on um on a like no crown guard forty millimeter dive watch. Uh, so that's that's pretty desirable. And then the hands the hands are kind of like these baton hands that are well proportioned and they reach their tracks adequately um you know i i I, I dig it it's 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 it feels like its own thing you know i love so there's two things about this that i don't think i've really seen run on the micro brand as well in addition to the stuff i've talked about that i think are really cool i love the tube on the crown there's like a tube extender on the crown and so the crown um it looks like it's really easy to manipulate and just having that like tube extender on there just makes it look like a like just a lot of fun you know what I yeah. mean? Because I've, I've exposed, had exposed crown tube. It's so idea. cool. Because I've always had this. Every now and then, I'll get like a micro brain piece in. And I'll try and do something with the crown, and like it'll just be difficult for me to you know maneuver it. The other thing I really like is that the case back on this thing. There's nothing on there. I yeah. think it's small, little small <laughs> logos, and then the words like um, Sapphire three six one L, and then I think um, let me see here. I have a picture of it in front of me. Automatic Sapphire 361L and then like small little logos. I love it. I love the logo by the way, but the rest of it is totally blank. We were talking about this in a previous episode. I want more microbrains to do this. So if I wanted to, I could actually have the case back engraved with something that I give a shit about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Not like not like someone debarnacling their yacht with like a putty knife or whatever you put on dive watches. <laughs> I have no idea what, they, what you put on dive watches anymore, but they don't make sense. So I like, I think it's really, really clean. I love the idea of this sort of sporty look, um, but just you could totally wear this every day, like an office or whatever. And ceramic killer, bezel. Man. A ceramic bezel is so much fun. And if, yeah. I love the fact that it's loomed, you know? Remember when ceramic bezels were being pitched as like this kind of excuse to charge even more for a watch, and now we're seeing it in a $350 watch. Dude, how killer is that? So 300, yeah. yeah, 350 bucks retail. Um, if you go and hit up the Kickstarter, you can get it for 300 bucks. That's 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 really cool. That's freaking killer for what you're actually getting here. Yeah. Um, just a couple quick notes here. We'll have links to Alexander James's um, <clears throat> main website. We'll have links to the Kickstarter campaign. Go and check out the Kickstarter campaign because there's a lot of other additional photos in there. We'll also share videos uh, for our friend of the show, Random Rob, who did 
um, videos with this white dial and then also the gray ton of Stunburst dial. The Kickstarter campaign ends February 14th. He's really close to making his goal. So it's one of those things where I think he's at, right now looking at it, he's at 14.4, 4, so 14,400. His goal is 20K. It ends February 14th. It's one of those things where if this is something you're curious about at 300 bucks, it feels like it's worth diving on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this for sure. But if you have any additional questions, let us know what's up. Huge thank you again, Alexander James, for sponsoring today's episode. Um, let me see here. Keep an eye out for those links again. Uh, oh, Michael, is it time Is it time to switch gears and talk Talk about our our one of our few traditions our, our <laughs> you, wrists you want to do a wrist wrist check my wrists has been my wrists in particular has been garnering a lot of <clears throat> ire and criticism lately <laughs> controversy controversy i think controversy is a way. in the watch world <laughs> literally have been getting emails and dms from people asking me to stop the madness um stop what you're doing you're offending me <laughs> you're People have been acting offended. It's like, dude, like what? Okay, so here, uh, do you do you do you want to do you want to do, do the your your wrist check first? Because I've been talking, I've been talking for a while, and then we can talk about my controversial wrist. Yeah, yeah, I'm um, I'm just wearing the uh, Seiko <clears throat> SKX 007 on a nice. black, uh, just plain standard Toxic NATO. Um, this has been kind well, of I can't, a, I can't keep track of this. It, did you just buy this, or have you had this for a while? No, I've had this for a bit. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I always forget. Yeah, yeah, this is just plain. Um, this is like the J variant with the Arabic date wheel, um, mm. you know, and uh, it's been kind of an SKX heavy week for me. Um, swapping between this one and the the double O. Um, I'm sorry, the one seventy five, the Pepsi version. Um, I know, I know. If if you're kind of joining in for the first time and you're hearing, uh. A, a podcast about affordable watches to hear a guy talk about the SKX 007. It's like, okay, dude, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> it, it really is, uh, it, it really is just kind of a great watch, man. And um, I, I feel, I feel a really deep connection to these, um, you know, kind of, especially after doing that episode on the, on the SKX oh, yeah. entirely, that was um, a good one. you know, realizing the history a little bit more, and diving deeper into some of the fun uh, dial colors that you can get, um, like the SKXA35, which is one that I'm, I think I'm going to start hunting soon. That's the which uh, one is that's, that? That's the yellow Malaysia dial. Oh um, shit! Yeah, okay. It's pretty, it's pretty rad. But you know, just kind of, uh, I'm, I love that you can get such a classic uh, Seiko diver so easily for not much money and just have a blast with them mm-hmm. uh, you know it just feels I'd, i i had to you know go into into work a couple times this week and it, it was just great to you know have one like when i was over there and then i'd switch to like the pepsi when i got home uh, I, have, so. I have a question did, did did i see you posted the orange skx on our feed yep that one as well yeah so Do it's you own a, that one yes yeah. when did you buy that watch i don't i don't know you anymore i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what, what watches are you buying? I want to watch. I got nothing, dude. Yeah, that that was the SKX zero one one J one as well. So maybe I've Have talked t- about it. I've talked about it before. You know, creating like 
these little sub collections and I'm just I'm kind of really attracted to the um just these 7S26 uh divers, you know, cuz yeah, everyone's man. into the 7002s now. Um those are kind of on the uptick. Um but uh yeah, these these sort of like 90s era, you know, Seikos that are kind of I think they they I have a stronger connection with them. I I'm just I'm diving deeper into what you can get with this uh this little dive watch so stuff like the orange dial the uh yellow dial there's also the skx 173 which is kind of a a cool hodgepodge of your 7002 mm. and like a modern uh 007 so yeah which one is that like mint dial with the digital display you know what i'm talking about there's a mint with a digital display. That's that's a different family. There's also like a minty oh, okay. green green dial seven five four eight, which we've uh, we've kind of drooled over before. I forget the exact um, the exact reference number, but yeah, that that's a quartz one, and it's pretty that's pretty rad. I think it was um, we 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 confirmed with uh, Eric Strickland, kind of a community Seiko expert, that that was. Um, produced for just one month i think in the uh sometime in the 80s it's very very cool that That's one's so kind of hard to come by i think there's one on ebay now for like over three thousand dollars the guy's trying to get holy like, christ box that's a lot of goddamn donuts dude <laughs> jesus three thousand <000. laughs> yeah yeah that's, holy shit balls okay that's, that's real deal man that's you know, rent vintage. yeah that's, that's, that's <laughs> two months rent technically <laughs> yeah dude um so yeah, I, wow. I think uh, you know this this year um, I'm kind of I'm gonna dive into these a little bit more, and I've just I've just been having a good time. It's kind of a low impact way to um, just learn more about a really popular Seiko model, and uh, you know you can't really complain, especially with you know this black dial version on a black toxic standard NATO that's been worn to hell. This is right. actually still the first one that I ever bought. I think I had this one when we were working together. Um, oh, wow. So this is like the oldest Terry strap that I have. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I'm wearing, keeping it simple this week. Um, it's just hilarious also to have things like a Doxa and a Speedmaster in the box. And those have just been like completely unwound and, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in hibernation for, for a little bit. For the SKX, man, that makes to me it makes sense. For people who know, they know. You know, what yeah, I mean? it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about it because, like I said, it's such a trope for you know an affordable watch podcast thing. Like, oh yeah, these guys are talking about the SKX. Cool. <laughs> next, like, no, nah, it's it's they're they're really cool watches. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. Can I talk about how anytime you do an impersonation of like the dumb person, whatever they are, it's the it's the same whatever it's the same person. Who is that yeah. person? I don't, like, I don't all, know. Do we, we all know one person like that? What? We well, got, well, I mean, we have we more logic with neckbeard. This this has to be someone else. <laughs> what could we? Uh, I don't know. I'll think. I'll think of a name for this guy. But yeah, or logical yeah. neckbeard. We have him. You guys like Orological Neckbeard way too much. Like, I was doing a live stream at Disney the other week, and everyone's like, um, oh, do the voice. I'm like, there's children here. I can't fucking do the voice. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> One of these overzealous parents will tase my brown ass in the nuts, and they'll call themselves a hero if I do the voice around their kids. Like, no. No, absolutely not. Who's I did the, the voice he's anyway. Like, he's like the comic book salesman uh, from The Simpsons. I forget his name. 
That's Ugh, like worst death ever. I think it's actually just comic book guy. <laughs> but Aquaman, you cannot marry her. She lives on the land. Has legs. Oh, I've wasted my life. Uh, great guy. Great character. Yep. Yeah, always loved him. Right. So what 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 about you? What what are you, what are you doing? What is what is the end game here? I don't even. You know, you say you don't know my watch buying habits. I don't know your watch wearing habits. I don't know what's happening. Sorry, anymore. guys. I'm sorry, guys. I'm still not wearing a watch. I'm, I'm good. It's interesting. You've um, got to go the full 30, 30 days now or 31 at this days. Point, I ha- at this point, I have to. So the guys, at the time of you guys hearing this, uh, it will be uh, probably about 20 or so days. 20 days into yeah. the into the no watch watch fast so just to give you guys some insight in case the person listening to the show um the idea of a oh my cat's here the idea of a watch fast traditionally is to wear one watch for 30 calendar days to help you just be a little bit more mindful about your wearing habits about your buying practices to make sure you're buying things that are actually to make sure you're collecting watches that are actually special to you you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Um, and so the watch pass has evolved into kind of different variations. There's the there's a watch pass where you can change watch straps. There's a hardcore watch fast where you don't change watch straps. And then there's the there's been the mythical no watch watch fast, which we've like teased and kind of like threatened people with. Um, and very recently, uh, beginning of January, um, I kind of found myself a bit uh, a bit lost in the noise of my collection, and I'm just like, dude, you know what? I'm not wearing a watch. I need to like wrist detox. You know what I mean? <laughs> the cleanse. I need to cleanse. I need <laughs> cleanse to have by fire. I need to pay thousands of dollars for someone to blow coffee up my ass and give me like a neurological colonic. You know what I'm saying? Or however, however colonic works. I'm not entirely sure. I assume, I assume, I assume a small person just takes a balloon. They fill it with coffee. They put it in your anal cavity and they just pop it. And, it, and then all just all, all the shit just comes out of you from like years. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I've never. I done might that. not be describing an actual medical procedure, and maybe just something I imagined. You know, I wouldn't be surprised, man. They're they're like, dude. Now people are injecting themselves with like blood and platelets of younger people. It's like a Southern California thing. The full uh, the full Nosferatu. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. If if you guys just want to be a vampire, just be a fucking vampire. You don't have to like sexify it up just attack homeless folk and bite them in the eye or whatever vampire do i'm not sure yeah dude right uh what are you talking funny. about it, it oh yeah uh, no watches no no, watches. no no watch on your wrist <laughs> talking about like coffee colonic cleanses out of, <laughs> out of left yeah. field but just I needed, just like uh just like a yeah no watch i just yeah. needed to i just needed to detox my wearing habits because i was wearing things just to wear them and like i wasn't wearing things that i knew i loved and so um, January 14th or 13th, uh, I just started not wearing a watch. So I'm literally doing the no watch watch fast. This is my, I think this is my own way of just dropping the mic on the watch fast, uh, one upmanship that's been happening yeah. within like the TVWS community for a while. It's like, it's like, well, I wore this watch for a month. I was watched for a month and I didn't do this. I'm not wearing a watch for a month at all. Like, I'm not even like, I'm not even like putting like, the, I'm not even like putting in just the tip. Nothing, nothing, dude. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you can beat that. <clears throat> it's it, well, I, I don't know. I mean, burning all your watches. Please, no one burn all your watches because then we'll 100% get blamed for that and I can't have that on my conscience. You know what toxic, I mean? Toxic NATO's Terry got pretty close. I think he put like a watch <laughs> on a... He, I think he threw his Halios in the fire. 
in the fire so, or something. Something like that. <laughs> it's it pretty fun. Uh, that's so good. But yeah, so um, the no watch watch fast is still going strong. However, I did want to still talk about a watch during the wrist check. I'm not wearing it, but I'm holding it and I'm looking at it mm. and it comes in a big yellow box. Yeah. <laughs> I think I saw the story. Comes in a big yellow box. Uh, the Invicta Pro Diver has made its way here to the two broke watch knobs south florida headquarters looks really which is, nice which is my home this is where i walk around without pants on that's the two mm-hmm. broke watch knobs uh south florida headquarters um this is the automatic uh, pro diver it's got the nh35 in here <clears throat> i got it for about oh like 80 bucks i think on amazon it's basically like a sub homage it gets so much hate and i think people's first knee-jerk reaction is to hate the watch just because it's Invicta and because um, it's an homage. And I think I think it's so easy for people to just jump on the Invicta kind of hate bandwagon because it seems cool and funny. But they do that without really making a judgment call on their own. You know, you know does, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Dude, you know I posted and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to... I'm not approaching this in a negative way. I'm always open for discussion and conversation, especially on our channels. Right. But I, I posted a photo of the Glycine Airman at some point. I, I don't remember when. And I think somebody said something to the effect of, oh, too bad it's an Invicta. And what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, well, actually, this one isn't. But truthfully, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, that's so weird. So you like know that what? Was... It's it's just a watch brand, and it's actually it's a brand with some kind of history. If you're like, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, I need the pedigree or whatever. Um, there is kind of a vintage Invicta collecting community. You know, you see them around, and they're actually pretty interesting watches. Um, if you want something cool and dressy and old looking, yeah. Um, but I, I just I don't see why why it really matters i i will i will kind of hate on those ridiculous ones those <laughs> those are fun to make fun of <laughs> well i got the pro diver in for review and also just to kind of do the other side of the coin i did buy um just a fucking horrible look just a goddamn the rainbow the invicta rainbow ho- diarrhea yeah dude rainbow rainbow unicorn diarrhea the unicorn the night before just ate a whole bunch of like chili rianos and drank mountain dew and then did like a bunch of crunches and the next morning, it just diaried out like this fucking watch. You know what I mean? I don't have it here. It hasn't arrived yet. It's going to get here um, the week of this episode. Uh, of y'all here in this episode, the watch uh, will be my possession. But first, I have this Pro Diver, and I I think it's cool. I don't know. I, I haven't worn it, obviously, because I can't wear it. I'm still doing the stupid no watch watch fast. Um, I think you should break the watch fast with the, the Rainbow Diarrhea watch. Do you have any idea how many listeners we would lose? Like, That's how many, like, angry emails I would get? I thought you guys were real watch fans. First you didn't wear a watch, then you wore Invicta on sub. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, That's too good. But no, I think, honestly, for what you pay for this watch, so uh, we'll move on in a minute, but I want, and I'll point this out in the review properly, is that um, there's this really weird thing when this watch comes up. I've seen it on, like, the Reddit, uh, like, watches subreddit, and then... Um, on like other forms if someone doesn't really know about watches or if they're just getting into watches and they'll be like oh hey I saw this Invicta blah 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 <clears throat> Pro Diver on, on Amazon for 70 or 80 bucks I was thinking about getting it what's everyone think there's inevitably a wave of comments like oh, for 70 bucks you can just get like 
a Seiko SNK or for 70 bucks, you can just get like a Citizen XYZ. They're yeah. thinking about it from the standpoint of like specs and like what would make you seem like more unique in the watch community when the person who came to you and kind of asked your opinion on the watch, they don't give a shit about that. They pick this thing because they already clearly like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you like yeah. if you like a watch if you like the way it looks, that's fine. Like it doesn't have to. You shouldn't have to feel like you get the most out of your specs for like like seventy dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like you should just if you like something, you should just especially if it's your first automatic or whatever. Like go nuts, man. You know, like that. That's always kind of annoyed me. That's why I want to get this watch in and actually review it for myself. Get my well, own. An- take another on. side. Another side of these Invictas that I think people forget. You know, it's funny how. It's funny how the Seiko watch modding community is so openly accepted, but actually that same Invicta that you have is, um, it's a fun, it's apparently a fun watch to, to mod as well. People, I can see that. people swap out the dials. They do like these sterile dials. So you have like a kind of like a plain brandless, uh, sporty dive watch with an NH35 or they'll do things to the bezel. Um, so you know, it's it's also it's also a fun watch to mod. You know, if yeah, you want to get I into can... modding as well, and you already have most people are dropping NH three fives into Seiko sport watches, anyways, as a mod. So like, <clears throat> this is almost <throat> this is almost a more solid platform to start with. Yeah, seventy bucks. You get the case, you get the exhibition case back, the movement, the bezel, yeah. and all the bullshit. You can just throw case a probably on isn't here. bad either, right? It's probably. I'm actually surprised. It it feels it honestly feels really, really good, like quality wise. I will I will say the one thing I fucking hate about this case. I need to capitalize. I need to I need I need to all caps the word fucking. Why do they have to blast their own brand logo on the side of the case? Yeah, I I really don't like that. You know I what? fucking hate that so much. <laughs> that's kept me. That's kept me from buying the two tone. I kind of don't. I don't like it. Maybe maybe someone can uh can just like kind of scratch it out with a quarter. If I get like a quarter, can I yeah, scratch maybe you it can out? file it off or something. <laughs> is this is this off. why Terry threw his watch in the fire? Was he trying to get the logo off the side? <laughs> side of the case and that's that's that really annoys me like i don't understand i guess maybe invicta did it because they thought someone who would want to buy the watch would want to like hang like watch dong by like flashing the invicta brand they've done they've done a good job at marketing and communicating the name as a high-end sort of a high-end name in the eyes of people that aren't into the whole watch thing you know right so I think there's there's a certain glamour to the name Invicta, you know, when you're not even into I think even before like I knew anything about watches, I'd see just the word Invicta and like, oh wow, that sounds like cool and expensive, maybe. I don't know. I don't and know. The, yeah. And they, they just kinda churn people on that and uh you know, so maybe that's why they blast it works them. it works for them some some way somehow. So I just wish if I wished really hard it would just go away. No, I don't no. I don't understand why it needs to be there, but um, the bezel has a little bit of play. Uh, I haven't really done too much with the loom, but I mean it's there. Um, for the price, I think it's I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited to start getting notes together for the review and everything like that. I will say we we did an episode on watch boxes and watch box culture a while back. This yellow box gets a lot of hate because it's just like Invicta. It's actually a pretty good quality box. 
Yeah, <laughs> man. They, sometimes I think they, they put a lot of money into this box. Yeah, sometimes they give you those little mini pelican copies. Oh yeah. yeah, I think you, a lot. I think some of the Disney watches, the Disney limited edition Victus, come in those. Yeah, man. So I hey, think this thing it's is just—it's just a watch, and nobody cares about you as much as you think they do. The thing is, like, I remember when I posted <laughs> this thing on the feed, like, people were like sending me DMs of like, like vomiting and like, ugh, and like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing that, like, as if I was like dropping a deuce in the Ark of the Covenant. It's like it's just a watch, dude. It's just a fucking—it's a watch, man. <laughs> I'm not breaking into your homes and flashing my genitals to your children. I'm just wearing a watch. Oh, I'm not wearing a watch. I purchased. I haven't. I can't wear a watch yet. But you, you, you know what I mean? I feel like this is just another exercise in the fact that we have to not take things so seriously with watch collecting, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just a watch. <laughs> Invicta. I am very excited, though, for that rainbow one to get here. It has a rainbow beads of rice. Can you imagine? I think I think there needs to be a, a Catterday <laughs> shot with that watch. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the cat wouldn't know what to do. It's like, oh, what? I don't understand. Cat's blinded. <laughs> my poor my poor babies. I don't want to blind my babies. There's one behind me right now. She's being a cat loaf. Are you familiar with the cat loaf concept? I am. The dog the dog turns into into little loaf sometimes too. Yeah, oh, it's very cool. cute. That's awesome. Um but yeah, so keep an eye for the Invicta uh for this Invicta Pro Diver review. Also keep an eye for the review of the gaudy Invicta that I purchased. Um that one is it's an Invicta Quartz Bolt 255. Two two five 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 two. That's it. Um, the idea behind getting also the gaudy one is just even though yeah, visually doesn't look the great. What's the quality like? You know, what I mean, that was the idea behind getting that review as well. Uh, no watch, watch fast is still going strong. Um, running a, going a little over time, but moving on. Do you want to talk about watch news before we get into the main topic, or should we just jump into the main topic? I mean, you know, we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it. You know, you I think we should talk about those cool lockos that you that you wrote about. I mean, we can yes. we can just make it quick. So really, really quick. Um, did a really fun kind of just article about the this these two new releases uh, from Loco. So Loco, um, German manufacturer. I feel like we've been talking a lot about German manufacturers recently. So which is a good thing in my opinion. Yeah. Um, Loco is really, really cool. Uh, probably one of those German brands you forget about when you're looking for like a quote unquote affordable Flieger style watch. Like that's what I think they're mainly known for is having really accessible um, Fliegers. Um, the past few months they've been doing a lot of cool new releases. So uh, I believe last October we did a, a press write up on this as well. They did that new diver. I think it's technically called like the Scorpion or something. But um, if you just Google Loco Atlantic with a K, you'll see it. I did a piece on it. It's really a lot of fun. In addition to that, they've also done this really really cool release within their navy line. Uh, there's two of them. There's a white dial and a black dial. They're, ba- they're both basically the same, except the dial colors are different. It's the uh, Loco watches um, Cookshaven. I believe it's pronounced Cookshaven, and then Bremer, Bremerhaven, Bremerhaven, which are like, I guess, two towns uh, in Germany. Sounds like it. Really, really beautiful. Um, it's a modified, Ed- I think it's modified, or at least branded, Laco branded, Edda Movement. It has a sub-seconds at six. It has really fun syringe hands. It's very vintage, very vintage-appointed in its features. Um, mm. Really, I love the onion crown. I love the railroad track um, uh, minute ticks around the edge. Love the numerals. Uh, manual wind, I'm all about that. Really is quite a handsome watch. My only trepidation that I have, my only hesitation is that I think it's a little big for what it is. Yeah. Um, 42 millimeters 42. in diameter, 50 millimeters lug to lug, 13.5 millimeters thick, 
22 millimeter lug width for a watch that visually looks like this i would have expected something 38 40 millimeters not to have such large presence but i think maybe this was Laco's intention they wanted to kind of do that whole vintage look but <clears throat> have it not feel like a vintage watch quote unquote i'm not too sure um i think it's very beautiful i think it's really handsome the white dial is my preferred version i love this coin coin edge sort of fluted bezel it has um as well i think the pricing on these is a little high just because it is one of the more interesting pieces from Loco. but 980 euro uh roughly 1100 usd that is high that does put you in striking distance of other watches in that price bracket, which that's more be... that's more money than a Damasco that we talked about last week. I think the DS. Oh shit! You're right. Was. That's funny. <coughs> that's funny. Um, I'll try and get one of these in for uh, review. Um, just because I want to see how it actually wears. But yeah, go and check it out. Um, let us know your thoughts on the piece. If they if they're actually you know interesting, I think they're fun. I just want to know how it wears because maybe maybe. Because we've had the experience where numbers aren't really reflective of what the actual wearing experience is like. You know what I mean? So maybe it wears well, but 50 millimeter lug to lug span. That's yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that would work with a watch like this. It looks like it has a bit of case curvature, but I don't know. Not sold. I'm intrigued, but I'm not sold. All right. Yeah. And if you know, if you want to learn more, you can head over to the site and check out Kaz's uh, latest write up on those. Yeah, and I'll have a link in the show notes for this episode and everything. But yeah, so um, let me see here. You want to talk about watch photography or whatever? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, you know what? I, I think it's hilarious that I've I never cared about photography <clears throat> ever. I mean, I guess I did. I, I was, my, my mom used to have like stacks of photo magazines because it was like her hobby and she had cameras, like old Pentax, like little cameras that I played with growing up. So I, mm -hmm. I guess I was intrigued, but I never, I never really had any desire to um, like learn and improve as a photographer. Um, you know, somebody tells me they're a photographer. I don't know. I always kind of felt like, Oh, so you're also a poet or something. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that's, it's, it's hard to feel substantial, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, what just I mean. ignore me. <laughs> you know what I mean, but uh, it's so funny how how this this kind of um, oh this culture, <laughs> this culture totally ignore me, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean. This culture of photography um, clashes with watches, and right, I, I just I never I never imagined having this much photo knowledge um, in my life, but I guess watches are to blame for that. I'm having like a female laughgasm, like my. <laughs> It's, it's lasting for so long and there's ups and downs <laughs> so, oh, so ways, you do like spoken word on the so weekends you... over at like the local club oh, I'm, 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 I'm a photography again. also you're also a fucking poet asshole <laughs> <laughs> well no it's funny because that's that's the, the, the kind of perpetuation of the idea the romantic idea oh I'm a photographer because the problem yeah. is and this is an issue that I faced when I started kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with watch photography because it's so easy to fall in love with the romantic idea of what you think you're supposed to be doing when you're trying to be a better photographer and then the yeah. realities of what you need to fucking do to not be a better photographer to take better pictures you know what i mean 
I think the big thing, and this is this is kind of like I know some people listening that are like really really good photographers or even professional photographers. And I'm not shooting on professional photographers with like my last comment. Like I've worked with a lot of like pro photographers. I think before you and I met, you know, that are just they're still <clears throat> doing it, man, and, and it's mm-hmm. like they they bank. Um, but oh, sure, the I think the big thing for us from the last time we talked about this is that we kind of. I know it's not going to sound like a big deal, but I, when you're starting out, it, it is kind of a, a big thing to dive into. We, we both shoot 100% manual now, I think. we When we yep. were first starting out, we were like, oh, you know, I'm not really sure if that's totally necessary for watches. But, um, you know, it's something you hear all the time, you know, like switch that dial over to manual and uh, just, just fucking learn. And it's something that I really resisted for so long, but now after... Um, after doing it for a bit, it was, it's a big change in, in learning how everything my, works. Yeah, my favorite comment actually in regards to that uh, came from Chad Wright. So shout out to Chad Wright, who's an excellent photographer. Um, we've regranted him a few times on the feed. I love, he does, very few people can do a loom shot as nicely as that guy, right? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Like during Christmas time with like all like the Christmas lights in this house, it was, it was, oh man, really wonderful. But um. He and I were talking and I mentioned that. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm, I mainly just like have the thing. Like I don't shoot in manual. And he said something to the effect of like, dude, cameras are dumb. You have to shoot in manual. Yeah. <laughs> like the camera's conception of what it thinks it needs to do in automatic is just, <laughs> dude, the cameras are dumb. You have to shoot in manual. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. But it's tough. It's, it, you I'm know, sorry. it was difficult. It was difficult for me. I think, I think when you look at that, I guess like the triangle of, what is it? Aperture, shutter speed, and light or some shit. I have no idea. You see, we still don't know what we're doing. I don't know. <laughs> but, the, the you know, the, is, the, the problem, the, the thing is, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's so easy to get bogged down in like how to hold the camera properly, like 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 right. learning all the terminology. That you fall in love with the romantic idea of being a photographer. Once I got out of my own fucking head, I realized I don't want to be a photographer. I just need to take photos that I'm happy with. And photos yeah. that I feel like are well reflective of what you and I are trying to do with two rogue watch knobs. And as soon as I got past that bullshit, it just became focused on the actual like work, not proving to myself that I was a photographer yeah. and a poet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna sound weird, but I had to when switching over to manual, I had to try to translate that idea in my mind into something that I was familiar with already. So I have these Mm. three parameters that I'm tweaking, but I never really understood how uh, the source would turn into the result. So for me, I had to almost think about it as either like tweaking the knobs on a synth or, Mm -hmm. or like a guitar amp or something. I was going to say guitar amp. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was, okay, so you have like light is basically your sine wave, which is the, you know, the sound that's coming from the guitar or like the synth or whatever. And then you mm. have all these different parameters that you can uh, adjust. And then I think when I started to um, illustrate it that way in my mind, I, I think I got it a little bit more. I still have a long way to go. Um, I still find like these, these settings on manual that just work for me. And I'm very hesitant to like deviate from them, but when I do, I, I keep discovering new things and, um, you know, it's just, it's a ton of fun. 
even if you don't even if you don't shoot watches uh if you're just out with your family and uh, have been curious about you know capturing all these fun moments like give it a try like on on manual you might be surprised with the the kind of quality that you you get you know because people a lot of times are like oh how do you get that fucking new york times look or how do you get that cinematic look it's you know it's manual, you know. I think it's, it's it's manual, and it's also this thing that I feel like people. Anytime you're doing a skill based thing like learning how to take better photos, um, you have to recognize so much time is going to go into what you're doing, but that time you put into one shot, it's not always going to translate as the shot coming out nice. Like that was something that was a really weird hurdle for me at first because I would spend, and I'm not being facetious, hours like in the early days on like one photo i wanted yeah. to get it just right and i spent hours and hours and hours and then because you were probably fighting the camera for so long on like was, auto or something i was fighting the camera and i was fighting my own experience because what would happen was i would spend hours and then i would post the photo and i would think it was gorgeous or i think it was like like the next like people people are gonna fall to their knees <laughs> out of love for this fucking stupid watch photograph that I took. You know what I mean? And I would expect that like reaction. And then like when that didn't happen, it was just a weird moment of like cognitive dissonance because how come the photo didn't do well? Why isn't the photo looking good? I spent three hours on it. You don't always, when you're learning something, you don't always get back in the small increments, the small goals, the time you put into it. Learning to recognize for me, what made my photo shitty was the best thing ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Post- Instagram's Instagram's going to shit on it anyways. <laughs> but the thing is like it's in terms of your of your of your eye like I would post something, I would think it was great, I'd look at it the next day and I'd be like, "Dude, I totally fucked up like the white balance on this." And like I totally <laughs> thought that was in focus, but I was just like so stuck in like tunnel vision that I couldn't recognize it. So, but that's not something that clarity only happens in both like short time like taking at least a little while to look away from something but then just over a long period of time just knowing what what looks good and like what you want your final goal to look like it's kind of complicated to explain but it's it you're not always going to get back in short burst the amount of time you put into a photo but that's no reason to quit it's just something to learn and analyze you know what i mean like why watches watches are hard as i just have to add watches are hard as hell to shoot they're like these really weird subjects to to work with when Mm. you're learning when you're learning photography like you can learn taking photos of people or dogs or trees like a watch (laughs) just just dynamically and in terms of light and everything they're kind of they can be tougher subjects to to work with it's interesting because you also can't verbalize direction to a watch because some of my watches just don't photograph well they just don't they just i yell at them (laughs) yeah but they don't listen (laughs) give give me angry give me angry i said angry you know what i mean like a dog or a cat or a human you can get their attention you can you can say something to them you can communicate with them the watch is just the watch so it does get a little weird i have i'll tell you right now um the one watch that i have which is which is so difficult to photograph, which is why I don't photograph very often because it just is not photogenic, is probably my Orient Disc. You remember that watch? Mm, yeah. That yep. watch sucks to photograph because it just doesn't look sexy on, on, on photo. Mm. 
You know what watch I have is probably the most photogenic watch ever. I fucking or, the Orient Star GMT. Oh yeah and, yeah, and the Christmas Chrono. I don't know why, but those watches are like my photography, like muses. Like I'm always incredibly pleased with how photos of those watches um, come out. You know. Yeah, it's just um, it's just easy. For me, it's the Doxa. I feel like if I make that watch look bad in a photo, it's a hundred percent just my fault. Like <laughs> that thing. I've taken photos with my Galaxy S seven of that mm-hmm. watch and was like, wow, this is this is beautiful. <laughs> well that's actually another thing I want to talk about. So we've mainly been using our like like not phones. So I use like a little mirrorless uh Fuji yeah. XD ten. Um what are you using now? Because I think you switched recently, didn't you? Yeah, and that was actually a part of going to like manual 100%. It's funny. I so I started on a Nikon D3400, mm-hmm. which is like their kind of like their most bottom of the barrel DSLR. Um, you know, little you can get into the concept of buying lenses and changing them and stuff, which I never really cared for until I got into shooting watches. I traded that in um and traded up a little bit with some cash to get the D seven fifty, the D seven fifty from Nikon, which is kind of it's a it's a little more high end, uh, um, but it's full frame, so it's not it's not a mirrorless camera, um, but it, you know in the family of of Nikon cameras, this is a full frame whereas the D3400 was a crop sensor uh, camera. So um, I'm still kind of learning the, the the difference between those two. Right. But uh, just my understanding is that with a full frame, you get to use like, you, you capture like more of the image, if that sure. makes any sense. I, I, I don't know. And you, can, you also have more room for cropping without losing too much quality. Mm-hmm. But but the irony is that I have the full frame camera body, but I don't use the Nikon like lenses that take advantage of that. So I use like a cheap cheaper DX lens, which is made for the crop sensor cameras. And I guess that's kind of sacrilege in photography. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but, I, I don't I don't know. I don't think it's that I don't I didn't occupy myself with like learning like about I don't know like weird in intricacies or things like that i just need to i just needed to focus on how to do good photos my own yeah. way so yeah which you can do with like a point and shoot like they're they're sure. pe- yeah they're they're like photography nerds that are into <clears throat> collecting these like 90s point and shoot cameras that people figure figure out now like oh these are awesome right <laughs> you know? right 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 with um so with my so i had this little xt10 it's a little banged up. It's been through a lot of travel with it. I love it because it's so small. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's something that I want to talk about too. Because you know, I I like the D seven fifty, but I find that because it's so big, I just don't carry my camera. Yeah. So like it's... there there are times when I'm out with my wife and I want to take photos and stuff and have a good time and practice. Yeah. But it, this thing is kind of huge. <laughs> this yeah, is, no. I, I remember, I think, um, I don't know which camera I saw, but last time, the last time we hung out, I think it was probably in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, I think it was pretty huge. My, in terms of like the, the, the footprint, my 
camera is no wider than my iPhone. It's a little bit thicker, obviously, especially when I have like the lens on there, but I love how compact it is, how small it is. I didn't need anything crazy. Um, it is a little banged up. Some parts started falling off uh, just because I use it a lot, but mm -hmm. it still works just fine. I bought, so here's the thing. Um, I wanted to put money into the lens. So this is like the first quote unquote nice camera I bought. So I bought the body without a lens, the X-T10 on like, I'm going to butcher the name of this website because I have never heard someone say it to me, but I know <laughs> photography people know about it. It's K-E-H or K or however the fuck you say it. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. K-E-H.com. <clears throat> I got the body of my camera there, but then I bought this um, lens, this Fujinon uh, 1.2 like prime 35 millimeter lens from Amazon. The lens was just as much as, as the the body of the of, of the of the camera. You know what 1. I mean? One point one point two. That's that's what it says. Wow. Was what does that mean? That's cool. It's like a little little thirty five one. Oh yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, the f f one point two. Yep. Yeah, nice. I don't know what any of that shit means, but um, I know how to I know how to at least take decent pictures with it now. <laughs> That's just Which like is... your f-stop. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What it yeah. can do. But you know, I I I think the camera's great. I'm getting into the interesting point where, in my mind, I feel like I don't ever need to upgrade it because. How can I say this in a way? Um, no, I'm not gonna say it that way. But basically, I'm just very happy with the photos that I'm getting on it right yeah. now maybe i'll want to do something different with the lens because i'm a little limited with the prime 35 millimeter lens i'm just limited to kind of just like you know watch shots it's kind of difficult to like take photos of like like people or like like us like if i'm out in disney like i have to really stand very far back to get an actual yeah. human being in the frame you know mm -hmm. so well for that i mean you can just Kind of, kind of like I've been doing here. You can just try to rent something, you know, try out a different lens. I'm sure you have a local camera shop or something that does rentals. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there is. You know, you can rent a lens for a day for, I don't know, 30 bucks or something. And a lot of those, at least the place that we have here, if you like it and you want to buy it, they'll, they'll apply what you paid for the rental to the final price. You can so. put a, you can put a ring on it. And you yeah, you keep can it. put you can put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the good, that's the good thing about these kind of cameras where you swap <clears throat> out the lenses and stuff. Um, you know, you yeah. can just a lot of possibilities. So, I mean, I'm 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 happy with my with my little setup here. Maybe I'll hit up. I mean, I'm sure there's a camera joint around here I can like rent something if I want to experiment with. But I think what I want to talk about also, and I can't remember if we talked about this last time we did the um, first watch talking episode, is for me the biggest thing that also helped kind of me be a little more happy with the quality of the photos that I was doing is understanding the relationship between what I'm doing in the moment while taking a photograph and what I can do afterwards when in I'm post. in post processing yeah. through like Lightroom and I think when you first or when I first started doing like, like like photography like I wanted to like I don't know I was picturing myself as like the bareback photographer I'm not doing any post processing it's all gonna be like 100% like like naturally awesome and all that bullshit and it's just like that just doesn't feel like real and I think there's this weird conception where if you do something in Lightroom it's no longer like the photo you took you know what I mean eh. I don't give a shit about that anymore but I feel like that exists out there because it's stuck in that romantic idea of what a photographer is supposed to you know the, the poet the poet photographer. Yes. Yeah. You have no idea how much that's going to stick with me <laughs> for, for the rest of the week. Oh, photography. Oh, I guess you're a fucking poet too, huh? 
How are your how are your how are your horribly derived T.S. Eliot homage poems coming along, <laughs> Dick? I call this one the garbage land. <laughs> oh man. I hope I didn't offend any poets. <laughs> I don't think we have any poets. We have music composers, we have law enforcement officers, we have lawyers, we have doctors. I don't think we have any poets. They're too busy taking pictures of goddamn butterflies or whatever the fuck. I don't know, dude. Yeah. Like I I can't, if you are a poet, we do apologize. I don't I don't think you're out there. You know what I mean? Lightroom has been super helpful. Um, for me, I, I I feel like I still don't know anything about Lightroom. I have like my go-to parameters that I tweak. and just, There are, there are 4,000 yeah. different things you can toggle in Lightroom. Yeah. I use five of them. Okay, okay. So we're on the same page. <laughs> 100%. I probably don't use Lightroom to its fullest extent. I just, I know how to use the things in front of me. To get a photo that I'm happy with. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is learning what I can do to make me happy in Lightroom made the experience of shooting a photograph in real time so much easier. Mm-hmm. Like I would like as opposed to when I, before we got Lightroom and everything like that, like I would I would take a photo, I would get really stressed out, I'd get very strained, and I would try and brute force creativity, brute force something beautiful, which doesn't yeah. really work. You know what I mean? Um, there's a very few selective creative folks who can brute force anything into what they want it to be, you know? Well, Lightroom also really is a good um, teacher of shit in equals shit out, especially when you're <laughs> when you're shooting manual. Because, like, again, with Lightroom, I had to I had to kind of look at it or, or illustrate it in a way that was familiar to me. So, right. like, if I take if I take like a Chinese Telecaster and plug it into a, a like Gen One Line Six Spider, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put that through this like fifty thousand dollar, you know, <laughs> mixing board and make it sound like I don't know ACDC. Do so, make me sound like Eric Clapton, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, you really like your the work that you do in Lightroom is gonna be a hundred times easier, you know, if you try to get there at least. 80% of the way, 90% of the way. And you then let make Lightroom, them meet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Let Lightroom take it the rest of the 10%, you know? Yeah. So yeah, totally. You, you can't rely on it as like this, this sort of crutch for your, your creativity. You just kind of have to work with it. But then the difficulty becomes where do you know the threshold is for when you're taking a photo in real time to where you can um, make it more, just make it more what you want in Lightroom. For me, the weirdest thing was. Like I said before, putting in all this time and feeling like in the short term it wasn't working. The best thing that I ever did for for just photographs, and this is super cliche because everyone always said it to me, but I'm still that kid in high school where if you tell me to do something, I'm not gonna fucking do it. Like I like I, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. just that's just never gonna go away unless I just just beat it out of my own head. But um, the cliche thing is, you're only gonna get. You're only going to be happier with your photographs the more photos you take, even yeah. if they suck. You have to keep taking photos. It's like when you're learning to cook, you only can understand how to properly put together a dish when you know what it's not supposed to taste like. And you know what it's not supposed to taste like by making it wrong a shit ton of times. You yeah. know? Yeah, and that's and that's how it is switching switching over to manual. I, I yeah, yeah I wasn't it's so funny, the D thirty four hundred, the kind of like I think it's like a four hundred dollar camera <clears> or something <throat> with, with the kit lens. 
And on auto, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. It's actually pretty good. And I, I never cared to learn manual with that camera. But when I switched to this more expensive D750, um, the auto was just garbage. It was, it was really? hilarious. So <laughs> I was like, this is my only camera. I like, I need to learn now because this, <laughs> these photos are coming out like trash, dude. Wow. So, uh, to, I was, I was forced in a way I'm, I'm ashamed to say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm still learning. I, I just think, I think I'm actually gonna probably overhaul the entire rig pretty really? soon. Yeah. I'm happy with mine. I got my little tripod. You saw you saw how small my tripod folds. Like it yeah, folds man, super you, tiny. You got it right. You got it right from the start, man. I, I think I think I made a mistake getting these these big old cameras. You know what it is? Also, there's I think for non photography people, you see like I don't know, you see like a war correspondent with this massive like d5 it's like oh big camera equals like pro you know well because this that's all that's what also goes back to the romantic image you feel compelled to hang mad photography dong when you're taking pictures for other like photography normalos like oh he must he must be a photographer no he's just an asshole (laughs) taking a picture of like a dying caterpillar you know what i mean like like but like you like you just but the problem is those things become conflated in your mind with what makes you a good photographer. I need to get a giant camera because that's what professionals have. I need to hold the camera in this way because there seems to be such a really huge emphasis on that. I have to get a beanie and a big scarf because every photographer I've seen that also writes poetry has a beanie and a big scarf. You know what I mean? So it's you have to shoot. I'm so sorry if there's and any. a pro YouTuber. <laughs> right? Yeah, I could have a YouTube channel. <clears throat> like, you have to sh- just focus on your own skill and what makes you happy in your own bubble. It's the same yeah. thing with watch collecting. You have to collect in a bubble and what makes you happy. You know what I mean? Um, Kind of like before how we were saying people don't allow themselves to make informed decisions on this Invicta Pro Diver because they kind of fall in line with what the rest of the sort of watchosphere is doing. You have to do it on your own. So you have to find whatever sort of photography situation makes sense, you know, for you. You have to kind of, this is also the difficult thing for me. I didn't really understand what my goal was. Like what, like what am I doing? Like why am I doing photographs? It didn't, mm-hmm. wasn't until pretty recently where I'm just like, I want to take photos that I'm happy with. So they reflect well on two book watch novels. Like bam, like that's yeah. it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I I just I want to take to your to your credit that that was a really good point, um, you know, on just practicing. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna practice if I don't have a camera on me, and I probably won't have a camera on me if it's like a massive thing. So yeah, um, that's that's kind of that's that's where I'm at right now, and I just think, um, you know, I want to get something smaller, but I think also moving to something smaller is, is, is part of that whole, do you feel there's like a mirrorless craze going on now? I think with, uh, it's like the hot thing. I, I saw Nikon come out with a, like their first, so like I'm small gonna, mirrorless camera. I'm going to be super candid with you. My Fuji XT10 is mirrorless. Yeah. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, I, I need to do that. I was hoping that you did. <laughs> I don't know. Well, God, actually, I'm I you're have, talking to the wrong person, dude. I have an idea, actually. So if I take the little 
cap off my body here. Does um, that mean like the Fuji won't show up in mirrors because it's undead, like like Nosferatu? That's two Nosferatu references in one episode, guys. That's got to be a record. So if I <laughs> if I kind of like dry shoot this, yeah, this D seven fifty. I take the cap Is that off. The sound and your camera makes when you f- take a photo. Yeah. It sounds like you're chewing on chicken bones. Jesus. You want to hear what my... You want to hear what my camera sounds like? Yeah, yeah, go for it. That's it. It doesn't make a sound. I turned the sound off. Because I don't want the whole fucking world to know I'm taking photographs because I have no need to, I don't know, hang watchdog. Plus, it's... I was going to make a perverted train joke, but I decided probably in the taste of the show, I probably shouldn't. (laughs) No, it's... uh, You can see... So on these, you can see a little mirror like flip down as I do that. If I don't have a lens oh. on here, I can see the mechanism. And so the mirrorless cameras won't do that. What the advantage or disadvantage is, I'm not really sure. But I basically, because you don't have that extra mechanism in the mirrorless cameras, you can get them to be super small, like your Fuji. Oh, um, okay. I've been looking at some. I've kind of been... Um, impressed with the sony alphas like the a there's one called the a6500 which is hilarious i i kind of feel like a dumbass now because you can get an a6500 with like their 35 millimeter lens um cool like small mirrorless camera it is 4k video you can do external microphones um you can add a flash to it and you can get that kit for less money than the what this body costs wow really (laughs) yeah maybe it maybe it'll look like i'm trading down but you know what i mean as long as i take photos i I don't really care because yeah um so that that's what i'm that's what i'm thinking about uh maybe some people will be like no don't do it you know Nikon's the best (laughs) so this so my specific setup this fuji uh xc10 and this 35 millimeter lens was specifically recommended to me by a um, good friend of the show. I'm pretty sure we talked about before. Golden Hour Time. Yeah. Um, Great photos. Incredible watch photos. Uh, I, I remember when I was tra- in the market, I'm just like, I don't know what, I don't know what to get. And so, he's a professional photographer, and he's got a whole bunch of stuff. And he basically just said, you know, look into this camera, <clears throat> and then you know, look at like one of these lens options, but maybe prefer the 35 millimeters. Blah blah blah. So like, I will always credit Golden Hour Time for setting me up. Yeah, for success, you know what I mean. But I mm-hmm. that was just I think that was just pure luck because I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have bought. The thing is, this camera with the lens and the body. Here's the other thing I think we should talk about when you're buying your first camera. It pushed me out of my comfort zone for what I thought I wanted to spend, like on a photo setup. So the body I think was like 550 bucks, and the lens at the time when I bought it was like 400 or so bucks. Mm-hmm. So all in, I was at a thousand bucks. Yeah, which which feels oh, wow. like that's, a lot for your first rig. That's kind of a lot, man. For Is my it first? Oh. Oh. So my first, I mean, but that's good. You're you're set up now for. I don't feel the need to change it. I think it's just great. I think it's great the way it is. I started. Let's see. I don't remember the D, so the D thirty four hundred. Great camera. Like if you like, I mean, I, I feel like we were doing some pretty good stuff um, with this little Nikon and uh, some of my earlier reviews on tbws or with that camera like the did the you orient use, did you um, use that camera for your for the field standard the orion watch the field standard review yeah i remember when those photos came up 
they were so this at the time in my brain I'm like they were so good i'm like dude we're doing it we we're like we i feel like we're a watch blog now i was so i don't know if i ever told you how happy those uh you oh. making those photos um yeah. and like made me feel I'm like dude we're doing it but that was that feels like it was so long ago now yeah look i i see it on amazon you purchased this item on december 15th 2016 the wow. d3400 with the kit lens is 419 so like that's <laughs> that felt good for me as, as like a, a little starting rig and then i and then i bought the 35 millimeter mm. uh, uh, nikon um and that is that's kind of a not a cheap lens but it's a cheaper lens in like the world of lenses that lens is 196 so nice. okay it's the afs dx Nikkor 35 millimeter 1.8 G, hmm. which is Mix. like so a tra- this is a trash lens to like a lot of people. And the fact that I put it on this camera now, the D750, is like you're not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> Does that upset people? <laughs> I, I, it might upset people. When I told when I told the guy at the store that that's what I might be doing, he's like, "Oh, you should you because I have another, I have a 50." millimeter 1.8 g that is actually a lens that will take advantage of the full frame body but that's hard for for watch photos man like especially wrist shots i can't do that on 50 millimeter and break my arm but, the um our um, our watch so i've never like walked into a watch shop or i mean a, <laughs> there you go i've never shop. walked into a, i've never walked in like a photo like a like a like a photography like shop before are the dudes behind the counter there very similar to the dude you'd find behind the counter at a comic book shop if you walked in as like as like a new as a as like with spots like if i walked to a comic book shop <laughs> and i'm like i'm like i'm like i'm like hello i'd like to i'd like to uh, uh can you point me to where your spider-man comics are the comic guy would be like oh my god listen you want hawk and dove your stories are so much richer spider-man so like you know what i'm saying like would you <laughs> sorry I, no I, would you get that in like a like a photography store too you know, I think you might, depending on where you go. The the one here okay. in in uh, in downtown is actually kind of, um, I don't know if it's like a historic place, but a lot of people pointed me in that direction. It's called Glazer's Camera, and uh, it's a huge place, man. It's like two stories, and then gl- the rental gl- Glazer, like like donut, like donut glaze. Yeah, like glaze with her. Um, so yeah, just like that. Cool. Okay, <laughs> I'm in. You got you had me a glaze. All right. It's the guy two was, stories. It's pretty big. Yeah, yeah. The guy, the super nice. They have a good trade-in program. Um, you know, I, I I told them what I was thinking about. Uh, I think I was between like the D eight ten or the D seven fifty. He was talking to me about full frame and stuff like that. Um, I was like, you know, I do watch photos. I gotta take these types of photos all the time. It's, yeah, no, they're they were nice overall. Really nice, and I didn't feel like I was being talked down to or anything. Can I, can I just say something funny? Um, literally, the second after I did the neckbeard voice, my wife came and closed the door. Yeah. So she didn't have to hear it anymore. <laughs> it's okay. She really doesn't like that guy's voice, man. Uh, um, let me see what else uh, that was interesting. You know what I thought was... And we talked about this a, a lot, I think, on the first episode. I just want to... Uh, or the first part of this um, watch photography thing, I want to talk about some more. Understanding what I actually wanted to do with light in its most basic mm. form that was one of the weirdest like things that i had to get a handle on actually having light do 
<clears throat> something that I wanted it to do. So I think originally my conception was I want, I, I want it, I want light all over it. Like I want it to be as illuminated as possible. Not like, not like um overexposed, but like, it's the idea of, I don't want to just control light. I have to use light and not light to make the thing interesting. Yeah. Because I think in some of the earlier photos that I did, I felt as if I had to get, everything illuminated so you could so you could see all the all the nooks and crannies and and everything the crevasses but like but like like now i think a good example is um i did a shot last week that i'm very proud of it's the it's that orient star shot um on the batman comic yeah you know what i mean i'm very happy with how i was able to make that watch work with such a very busy background but have it lit in such a way where it's still very interesting. It's not just a big bright fucking watch on this Batman comic. You know what I mean? It's this thing where there's actually some some fun um, lighting going on with this yeah. interesting background as well. You know? Yeah, I'm still. I'll be honest. I'm still kind of really scared of light. Um, you know, I, I feel like some of my photos or a lot of them are, are really underexposed when I see them on Instagram and stuff. So I'm. I'm kind of hesitant to let it in, I suppose, because I use so I I use the camera as kind of like a filter. So yeah. back back to the idea of like a synthesizer, you know, you're using like a high pass filter or low pass filter to like let certain frequencies in or out. It's the same concept with like a lens. So um, that's just the way that I control light now. You know, mm. but with the if you're op- if you're like adjusting the shutter speed too, also to let more light in. Um, with watches, it's tough because then if you're doing like a wrist shot, you're gonna get that camera shake with the with the slower speed. Um, so then the yeah. the text is gonna come out blurry or whatever. And I hate <clears throat> using a tripod. I can't remember the last time I used a tripod. <laughs> I I've, I've grown I've grown very accustomed to my tripod. I have embraced it to get wrist shots. I have embraced my tripod in, in such a loving manner that it's basically my second wife. You know what I mean? Like I have to, you have, cause like sometimes you have to really like, depending on where the light's coming in, I have to like, like hug it. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? To like I get a good tripod egg. in like a year, dude. I love the <laughs> tripod because if I, so this is what I like doing. I like having a little bit too much light in certain areas because I can then dial it back with the mm-hmm. settings on the camera to where I really, really like it because it feels much more natural to me to take light out of a photo with the camera setting than to try and get more light into it, you yeah. know? And having the tripod makes it a little bit easier because I don't have to worry about that camera shake. I don't have to worry about holding the camera with one hand and then only having one other hand to maybe maneuver um, an object to bounce light. With the tripod there, I have two hands. Um, what, I do, what I'll do sometimes is I'll put a delay on my camera so I'll get it set up to where it needs to get to and then if I have to hold like multiple pieces of paper at weird angles, um, I'll put a 10 second or two second delay. I'll hit the button and I'll get ready and I'll just stand there and wait <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the photo to kick in. And the tripod, the tripod lets me do that. I spent, I think I spent like a hundred bucks on my tripod and it's, it's perfect for what I need it to do. Just take fucking watch photos. You know, maybe I need a nicer one. I have like the Amazon Basics one. <laughs> you told me that one sucks. You told me like it's really not. I I'll send you the link from. I think the one yeah. that I me photo my photo M I F O T O. I have no I, idea. I think I've where is it my. I've heard of Manfrotto, which is like a expensive brand. Are you sure it's not that? 
Definitely not that. I paid, I, I paid like 110 or 100 bucks for this thing. Okay. Well, I can. It's oh, it's it's me photo. M E photo. F O T O. Um, we'll put a link in the uh, show notes uh, as yeah, well. Yeah. But right I love on. that thing. You know, that thing is perfect for what I needed to do. So, I think. If anything, maybe I'll explore lenses or whatever, but I think it was just good for us to do another watch photography episode because I feel like when we first did the other one back in the day, we were we were really struggling. Not to say we have it all figured out now, but I think we're more yeah. we've more come to terms with some of the realities, you know? Yeah, like, for sure. For sure. And having said everything I've said, I still take photos where I'm just like my so my 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 wife left so I can talk about her. She hates when I do this. My wife hates when I take a photo, and immediately like think it's dumb or I start like criticizing. I'm like I'm like oh fucking I should. And then she's like like oh you should just be happy with the way it looks. And I'm like no. <laughs> Why would I ever do that? Why no, would I want to be better to, tomorrow? I need to berate myself. Exactly. Process. <laughs> Why would I want to be better tomorrow if I was happy with what I fucking did today? That doesn't make sense to me. All yeah. right. Um, that's something that I feel like is almost like a natural thing for a photographer to do. So if you get into that rut where you feel like you take a photo and you're not happy with it, that's totally fine. All of, all of the watch photographers on Instagram that I respect the hell out of and that I love like their work, they've all told me they've had those frustrations. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just normal. Um, <clears throat> Is there anything else with the photo stuff we want to cover? Because I actually do want to do shout outs to just watch photographers on Instagram that we love. Yeah, I mean, last thing on my mind for me is just, uh, and a challenge that I want to get better at this year is just, um, I think it, in our day-to-day -day sterile environments, it's probably easy to feel comfortable and put a good photo together. Mm -hmm. But where it really matters, I think, is when you're at a show and you're fighting the lights there. and like Dude, Hong Kong. We well, had such a tough. I feel like we or I had a really hard time trying to get good photos walking around in Hong Kong with the camera. You know, but I'm I'm looking I'm down like way earlier on our on our Instagram, and I'm looking at some of the photos from Wind Up, you mm. know, one that we we went to. I'm I'm pretty proud of some of these, man. For no flash, just ambient light. You yeah. know, I think so. I I just like to get better at that. You know? That's a good point. I think in controlled environments where I can do a whole bunch of bullshit with my tripod, totally, we don't have a lot of field experience, which is something that I guess we can yeah. improve on this year. I mean, just before uh, we started recording, we were talking about what we wanted to do this year for traveling and covering stuff and everything like that, you know? So mm -hmm. um, that's definitely something that I think could be... Uh, that's Maybe that's what we can... Maybe maybe in, the, in, the, in watch photography part three... A few months there and a year down the road we can revisit how we've grown as uh, shooting in the field right on but yeah I'm, I'm down to do some photographer shout outs I, I think I, I got one in mind that just kind of came to me when we were talking about loom shots but go for it uh, dude Ike made this I was gonna say I was gonna say dude. him too damn you took mine <laughs> dude, his loom shots are, are bananas man yeah like <laughs> When we do the regrams, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to cheat if I use one of his photos because <laughs> they're so good. So, so good. Ike made this. Um, mentions Chad Wright. Really, really cool. Uh, EA8. I love the I love the the composition of stuff that he does because EA8 usually does a watch photo in conjunction with like his workbench. He makes leather straps too. EA Leather Goods. We're talking about, I'm all, I'm all, about them all the time. So those are always really a lot of fun. 
uh let me see here uh, obviously watches off i think watches off was a huge inspiration to both of us mm-hmm. as just like actually looking at his work and then just talking to him <clears throat> about stuff and like right. photography feelings he he's a photographer that totally has it down what he wants to do all of his photos like the color balance the white balance is perfect there's always something leather in the photos or <laughs> like the majority of them you know what i mean yeah. um really 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 cool he, and he's he's always uh, he's always killing it uh let me see what else golden hour time we mentioned <clears throat> really really wonderful shots um good wrist shots he has like a good knack for getting like a really strong wrist shot you know yeah definitely uh let me see who else uh, oh on the tip of my tongue sorry you uh, say yours i'm thinking dale dale um mr. Oh, mr. mr ace i never yeah. know you say your name mr ace k productions mm-hmm. those are really good photos straight up i really really enjoy those um a lot uh oh yes uh, i remember now he changed his name recently um i like the work it's more it's it's a it's more like lifestyle accessible and they're very very fun but when he wants to hang photography dong he puts a lot of time into certain shots. Um, he changed his name recently. Uh, Detroit Watch Guy hmm. used to be, um, um, you know, Pedro uh, Pedro Aguilar. Uh, I forgot oh, what his yes. name used to be. Yes. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Really, really good fun. Shots. Good. Really, really good. Just like they seem like I could just sit down and like take a photo like that with my phone. But every now and then he'll have a shot where it's just like, okay, this dude can definitely hang dong with the best of them um, when he's got this yeah. camera out. Also, a huge shout out to um, John Ferrer or uh, John. I, I don't know how to say his last name. John over Brew Watches. Yeah, good stuff. I I love not just his watch photos because they're absolutely incredible. I think they're they capture the ethos of his brand to a T. We're always Michael and I were always always singing praises for Brew Watches and their photography. I also love his architecture photography. So he's in like the New Jersey New York area, and he has access to a lot of really just wonderful and interesting subjects to photograph uh, just like on the street and shit like that. So really, really, really cool. Always enjoyed those photos. And I want to say um, Alex. Alex Vance, like fantastic. Kind He's of... been killing it. Yeah, dude, he does those photos where the watch is just like floating in the air. Oh, it's <laughs> crazy. It's cool. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, just good, good kind uh, of photos. Um, He's got that SKX-013, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. You think here, who else? AJ. AJ, AJ um, Barris over in uh, Bellingham, Washington. He does the uh, Bellingham podcast. Good shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He did a book. Did a book. Yeah. He did a, I think it's, I think it's technically a photo book, Analog Explorer. And I gotta make it out to, I gotta make it out to Bellingham. There's some good hiking up there. How far is Bellingham from you? Isn't that where all the serial killers are? I mean, the serial killers are over all over the Pacific Northwest, um, traditionally. But don't dodge the question. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're not up there. It's like it's like two and a half hours, maybe two hours. Um, you know, it's not bad. That's awesome. That's cool. We'll we'll tag everyone uh, who we mentioned in the um, in the episode. If there's anyone we forgot to mention by name, we'll tag them also in the uh, in the. Um, like the graphic on Instagram when this goes out and also in the show notes. Um, definitely the everyone we mentioned was just really incredible, incredible, just pivotal, but just helping us just learn like yeah. back in those days. And it's just always happy uh, when their work pops up on our feed. Yep. 
Yeah. Always, you know? always great to, to hear from people in the community and, uh, you know, kind of get feedback and advice, um, and just guidance overall into, into watch photography and, and growing as a photographer, because that's something that matters to me now, especially whether it's watches or anything else. Uh, I just want to carry a camera more. So, mm. um, if anybody has any advice for maybe something smaller, mirrorless, that's still kind of pro and reliable. You want to um, borrow my camera, dude? Just no, my camera up no, to you no. so you can, you can hang out you, for, for you a, need your, dude, I, I don't, I don't, I use it to open beer. I don't actually use it, dude. <laughs> I'll, I don't I'll, know if I told you. I just, I'll, I just break open beer bottles with it. I, I've been looking at some stuff. There, there's that that little Sony Alpha. Uh, mm. I've been looking at. I've, I've, I'm guilty. I've been looking at Leicas as well, but that's far too expensive. Um, Are they expensive? I, I don't know why. Every time I hear the word Leica, I just think of like um um lycanthropy. I just think of werewolves. <laughs> It's but like I think a, it's totally spelled differently, <laughs> dude. It, it's yeah, they're they're kind of stupid expensive, but they're they're kind of nice and uh, hmm. uh, they 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 do like one thing, but they do it right. Um, okay, but anyways, I don't think I I'm fear, there yet. I fear not the man who's practiced a thousand kicks once. Or I fear the man who's practiced one kick a thousand times. Yeah, some shit like that. I'm, I'm a, butchering yeah. that Bruce Lee quote. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. But yeah, I, I'm, this is fun. This has been a good episode. I like it. It's been it. a fun episode. Let us know your thoughts on the discussion. Um, um, let us know your thoughts as you grow as a watch photographer. If you have any questions that we didn't cover, totally let us know what's up either in the, the show notes here on the website or on the Instagram. <clears throat> also want to do a huge th- uh, thank you and shout out again to... Uh, today's watch to today's episode sponsor making today's episode possible alexander james watches aj go and check out his kickstarter this uh this ndr 001 the white dial with the black bezel black ceramic bezel like a white snowflake dial black ceramic bezel is so gorgeous and the price is just so right campaign for the kickstarter ends on the 14th go and check it out he's close to making his goal it's one of those things that i feel like would be uh would be pretty cool you know what I mean? Just in terms of the way it looks. And so uh, if you have any questions on that as well, definitely let us, let us know what's up. We'll have a link to the Kickstarter and his website in the uh, show notes as well. And we'll tag him in the Instagram show graphic. Uh, also, uh, let me see here. Ba-ba-ba-ba. Just doing a recap. Yes, thank you, our sponsor again. Also, uh, the No Watch Watch Fast is still going strong. Let's see if Kaz makes it to a month before he gnaws his wrist off. <laughs> I don't know why he would gnaw his wrist off, but you know it doesn't really matter. Uh, let me see here. Ba, 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 ba. Michael is continuing his sojourn, his depth into depravity and darkness, hunting down different SKX models, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's 2019. <laughs> Watch golds, dude. Be Mr. XKX. S- SKX man. That's all I can afford right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so good. Um, check out the uh, write-up on the side. I'll have a link to it in the show notes as well for this Laco. Um, uh, oh yeah, Laco Cookshaven and Locks Laco Bremer Bremerhaven. I apologize for not saying those correctly. Um, let us know your thoughts. I think they look pretty cool. That might just be a little big. I don't know. I want to try and get one in for review, and if I do, I'll let everyone know what's up. Uh, let me see what else. Blah, 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 blah. Keep an eye out for the Invicta Pro Diver review on the website uh, soon, and also keep an eye out for. My watch announcement of the arrival of the Invicta Bolt Quartz 25552. Uh, you'll know it reaches here because a dark cloud will descend over my home and thunder will rain above the sky as, <laughs> as I slowly lose my soul. <laughs> um, let me see. Watch photography. Again, huge shout out to all the watch photography accounts that we mentioned. Um, let us know if you have any thoughts or opinions on the show. 
Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. If we made you laugh, if you had a good time, please consider going and checking out our Patreon page. It's uh, I think it's patreon.com slash twobrokewashknobs. You can read about how we want to grow Two Broke Wash Knobs. You can donate to the show if you want. You can also get more information on how I'm building out this uh, first community review. Community review, basically, uh, six or seven of us are going to spend a few days over the course of about a month and a half with one watch and then we're all going to come together on like a Skype call and just kind of share our thoughts and experiences with the watch and then that audio will also be available to Patreon subscribers. Want to do more on the Patreon to keep an eye out for that. Also, people have been requesting this. I know, I know, Michael, we're getting close to the time so I, I apologize. No, um, <clears throat> um, people have been requesting this and I was finally able to make it work in some instances. Our Amazon affiliate links will work on the Amazon, on, on UK, Amazon, uh, Canada, Amazon. And I have to figure out how to, have, I'm having an issue with uh, the German one. But if you, um, if you want to support the show just by using one of our Amazon affiliate links to just do your normal Amazon shopping, if you're using, if you use Amazon UK or if you use um, the Canadian Amazon, our Amazon links on the website should work. If you click it, you'll automatically be redirected to your version of Amazon and the little TBS like thing in there, which tells Amazon to give us like a kickback for your order. You don't pay anything extra. You don't have to do anything extra except clicking our link. And it's just basically a way to give back to the show, to support the show um, without doing anything extra. Just, you know, uh, buying, buying shit on Amazon, which everyone, everyone fucking does. Which we all do. We all do it. Probably yeah. too much of. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. Huh, let me think. Am I missing anything? Or no? And again, um, you know, thanks to the thanks to our sponsor for this episode. Uh, and you know, if if you're uh, if you're a watch brand and you feel like you have a cool project that we would like, and uh, you know, are interested in working with us as a sponsor, you know, reach out because we uh, we do that too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, looking forward to hearing from everyone. Um, man, I really don't want to go. It's that sad time. So I always try and like draw this out as long as I can. You know what I'm saying? Because because now, now, now I got to go back to life. I don't go back to life. We life always is, chat after. It's okay. Life is serving nothing but shit sandwiches and potato chips with glass in it. I don't want that. <laughs> Ooh, I want proper sandwiches. Yeah, I don't want glass potato. I want like proper sandwich and like that sounds like a regular. fancy decoration. Glass potato chips. Sounds like a sick hardcore band name. Broken glass potato chips, <laughs> dude. I want my guitar hiked up all the way underneath my chin. Oh, I, I just and I want to I want to be an Ibanez RG. All right, I don't want to wear shoes. I want to wear Van like shorts, Vans shorts. Mm -hmm. fucking rock out, dude. Progressive vegan core and the basses. The basses has a Warwick. <laughs> Those are good basses. I feel like they get yeah, ratted on a lot, but they're actually really, really good. <laughs> the problem is, I think that cat Paul Gray before he died on Slipknot, he played a Warwick, yeah. and I feel like so I feel like people like. On, automatically connote or with with them um, with Slipknot. Here we're getting we're getting distracted. This is just two broke band snobs. <laughs> you want yeah. the you want to start the sign off and then I'll I'll sadly close it out. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later. Mm -hmm.